Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Catherine Van Wetter and I will be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, Pacific time, I have been interviewing different authors from our new book, Life Sparks, which just a couple weeks ago we got bestseller on um, the New York Times, which is really exciting. And um, so all these interviews that you will be hearing are archived onto our onto our website www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. Please also visit us on our Facebook page, Authentic Messengers, and give us a thumbs up. Tell us what you like about the show and any suggestions that you have for future guests that can come on. So today I'm really excited to be interviewing Sudabe um, Mokri, hopefully I pronounce your name right, who is an author of Angel Nightingale. Sudabe is a powerful, dynamic, and passionate speaker. She inspires the audience by sharing her incredible story of faith, courage, and healing. She empowers people to be authentic, to believe in themselves and their dreams. She provides the tools they need for taking action steps in creating the life they want and truly, truly deserve. So welcome. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. So it sounds like just from the little bit that I've, that I've read about you, you've had quite a life of bringing forth true courage and faith and healing, and wondered if you would like to talk a little bit about how it is that you got into writing the book and what you've learned from it, The Angel of Nightingale. Uh, Yes, thank you so much. Um, I am originally from Iran. Um, I uh, grew up in a, a family that they were really loving, um, like the most of, you know, every family. And uh, I um, lived there for almost about 30, the first 30 years of my life, and then I moved to America. Um, the reason that I decided to move to America was uh, um, I was an activist and I was married. Uh, my husband at the time, he was an activist, and he couldn't uh, stay there it was uh, his life would be in danger so we decided that um, he will um, come to America because he had a brother and sister here and he would join uh, them and then I will uh, come and join him with my two kids Um, when uh, growing up um, I had uh, a lot of challenges Um, I lost my father when I was 13 years old and then when I was 19 years old it was just right um, one year after the uh, revolution took place in Iran and the new government came where they um, decided to they are going to close the universities and the colleges and um, I decided that I was you know speak my mind and we had a, a very safe protest. Uh, I got captured uh, with many other um, people that they were protesting, and I was tortured and beaten into a coma. Um, It was with the grace of God that I survived that. And um, after that, a few years after that, it was uh, 
the war between Iran and Iraq started and we experienced eight years of war and I was a nurse. I was helping and taking care of the injured, the civilian, the soldiers in the hospital. And then when uh, we were in a place that we knew that our life was in danger, uh, literally was a life and death, we decided to move to America. When I moved to America, um, shortly after a few weeks, uh, my marriage ended. And uh, I was left alone with uh, two young children. My son was uh, barely seven years old, and my daughter was two and a half years. Um, I um, had no money. I didn't have any family or friends, and I couldn't even speak English. Um, So my uh, faith, I was... uh, Uh, Growing up, I was very spiritual. Um, I wasn't uh, very religious, like a very kind of radical uh, religious, because I I grew up with a Muslim religion. But I was always spiritual. That's how uh, my family was. Um, Staying in this place that I knew I could not go back to Iran because of the danger uh, that I would be facing, and I had already sold my house, my jewelry, and everything that I had. I didn't have a job, so that was completely out of question. So I decided to do what the only thing that I knew, just um, pray. And the love that I had for my children and the faith that I had in God uh, literally helped me just every day to wake up and uh, just walk one foot in front of the other and see what God has in has planned for me and it was with the grace of God and uh, that uh, there are lots of people brought into my life literally like my neighbors um, and the strangers the uh, uh, mothers of my son's classmates and all of these people just every time they came to me like oh who are you are you new what's your name what is your story and when everybody, when they knew my story, uh, they um, um, offered help. And that's how the name of Angel uh, became, because I literally believe that my life was touched by many, many angels, that they came to me um, in form of human. So the angels could be like human, like you and I. And uh, it was that way um, I had to, I learned how to go to school, learn English. Uh, I was a nurse in Iran. And when I came here, I, again, you know, people came to me, my teacher, when I was learning English as a second language and took me to an advisor and I learned and went back to school, became a nurse. And I had my Uh, bought my house, I had a brand new car, and I felt really empty and uh, uh, very desperate that, like, so now what? It was in that um, questioning that what is my purpose? Why did I survive so much? Why did I um, experience so much loss? I lost my father. I lost my loving brother two months before I left Iran. So all of those things, it, I went, I always go back to my faith, like, God, please help me. I don't know what to do. And again, he answered my prayers and questioned by bringing people into my life 
And also when I would just, I used to watch a lot of TV. So when I was watching TV, I would see shows that they were all from, you know, the spiritual um, teachers that they are saying that I wrote this book, this is my book, and I would uh, knew intuitively that I need to go to buy that book. So I would go get the book. And that's how my journey started, by reading a lot of books, by attending a lot of workshops. And I learned that, oh, okay, so the reason that I survived all the challenges Literally, the life and death situations was for me to be here and to succeed and to let people know, to teach them, to empower them, to inspire them that there is a better life for all of us. Uh, We all uh, feel the challenges and the struggles in life, but there are always hope. There is always whether people believe in God or not, whether people are religious or not, there is always a higher power, something greater than our physical body, and that is there to help us. And that is how I decided to write the book. Wow. You said so much in what you you just said. There's so many elements to it, just alone, talking about the torture that the capturing and the torture you endured and then the subsequent coma during I'm just pulling back just a little bit during that time that you had been captured and there was a torture that was happening how did you manage how did you manage to stay in the space of not giving up or I don't know if you did or not it sounds like who you are, um, you didn't give up. It was almost like it wasn't an option. How did you stay? How did you stay in faith and courage during that that difficult, awful time? Um, when I was uh, after, um, you know, I survived the the whole ordeal about the torturing and the coma. Um, I experienced a, a very, very deep depression. Actually, I experienced depression and since my father died when I was uh, 13 years old. And I'm very transparent. I want to talk about depression and uh, how it feels when people lose all hopes. And I was suicidal a couple of times as well. And I talked in, in my book really um, uh, clearly about it, I want people to know that I am not a superhero. I ha- I am a, just a, like everybody else. I'm a human. And uh, the only thing that helped me and has been helping me, because just because I am here does not mean my life is perfect, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So my um, faith has always been uh, the most important thing that helped me. Um, I was talking to um, a client of mine just a few days ago, and I was telling her, like, uh, just go to the place that you know. I don't, I always express my feelings and my emotions, and I say that I'm scared, and everybody feels scared. But I always know that there is a higher power. That's why I'm very passionate, and I want to teach people to, I'm not, um, a preacher to say that people have to believe in angels, whether we believe in them or not, they are here to help us. 
my faith in God and the um, power of angels, literally, they helped me to, when I was in the darkest, darkest moment of my life, that I something came, uh, whether it was yeah. a message on the radio, whether it was a, a something I watched on TV, whether my neighbor came and helped me. All of those things, it helped me is my faith, and that always has been the center of my strength, my courage, my strength, everything who I am, it comes from that faith that I believe that um, there is, is some greater power that is taking care of me, and I'm never alone. I have a question um, in regards to all that you have gleaned and how you've integrated so much of your loss. I'm sorry for the loss of your father and the subsequent loss of your brother. It's so difficult to overcome that human loss while also having a really deep, deep belief that there is something so much more happening than what we're able to wrap our our little minds around. And in lieu of that, wondered in the event of what has happened in the last couple of weeks with the election and how things are moving with the polarization and the fear and the angst and like the proverbial um, cover has been torn off a trauma that has been unresolved in our culture. I'm wondering what your sense is of, of, from an aerial view or from a spiritual perspective, what your sense is that is happening within the United States and perhaps also globally in the turn of events since the election. Not mentioning any names, I'm just energetically wondering what your sense is around it. Um, of course. Well, hopefully there's just been a temporary lapse. Um, I seem to have lost Sudebay, um, and the question to her was, what was her sense of, of what's happening now? Are you... Yes, I'm back. Are you there? Just, the, hi. Yes, hi. yes, hi. The minute that I decided to answer the phone, the phone just got disconnected. <laughs> oh, you mean answering the question? Yes, the minute that I tried to answer the question, the phone got disconnected. Um, anyway, oh, I am back. <laughs> Thank you, good. Yeah. There's um, never any accident, so with that, Uh, No, I'm back. Actually, um, yes, that is a great question. And I have done several Facebook posts and also uh, live Facebook posts about um, the power of love and compassion. It it makes Mm -hmm. me really, really sad because I remember uh, when um, during the revolution that took place, ages ago um, in Iran, it was the same thing. It was the the whole country became divided because here 
some people, there were many, many different groups, exactly like right now in America. There were many, many groups. Um, and um, and I seem to have lost her again. So hopefully Duda Bay will be back on again as, as we talk about something that is, I believe, heavy on the hearts of many folks with how do we how do we deal with the deep divide? How do we deal with the emotions that are raw right now? And um, how do we continue to practice love and compassion and know that things will have their way of coming to the forefront with resolution? And she's back again, so we'll see. Hi. Hi. Yes, I am so sorry. It's just Somebody's playing with my phone, I guess. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, everything going on, we'll continue to be persistent. So, <laughs> yes, right, right. So, what is uh, what? What I was uh, trying to explain is um, it makes me sad because it brings uh, a lot of emotions um, that when exactly the same. Uh, time in Iran when there was a revolution taking place and there were so many people uh, divided, the country was divided, and we were all hoping that the man that didn't know and they became the um, uh, president of the uh, Iran at that time. And everybody was just, because everybody was so desperate and wanted that man to become, and they came and they destroyed the country. And I'm not saying that pre- our current president is going to do that. So that's not, I need to make that really clear. It, it reminds me about the whole division and the, everything that took place in Iran. And as a matter of fact, I was talking about the fact that I used to um, have a lot of nightmare, even many, many years after I came back from Iran here in America, I had nightmares. And uh, the uh, nightmare went away as I became, um, you know, more uh, healing from all the trauma that I experienced. And then uh, right a couple of weeks ago, with everything that is going on in our country, my nightmares came back. And it was sad for me because I was thinking, I wish that we could um, agree to disagree. Uh, There are many, many views. And I am not the person to say uh, my views is better than somebody else's. But my um, wish for everyone, whether it's in America or any other country, is just let's just uh, focus on love, compassion, and peace. For me, that Mm -hmm. I experienced the torture and I experienced war, I... Um, experience a lot of challenges and the only thing that those experiences taught me is the only the only way we can um, feel better we can feel safe wherever we are is by love loving one another and participating because uh, someone else may do something that we do not like, may, they may say something we don't like, 
we are different even in a family members like brothers and sisters or in an intimate relationship between partners we always disagree but if we constantly mm-hmm. um argue and we constantly fight what is the point uh, we cannot fight always we cannot go into war always the only way that we can um, have a better life and create the life that we enjoy. And also we owe it to our children, to our grandchildren, and to our offsprings that they are coming. We have ruined the, the life for everyone. So the best way yeah. for me is just participating. I need to take care of myself. I need to, when I wake up, uh, focus on this spirit, the powerful spirit, that I am in a physical body and the power of her spirit that is out there and watching over each and every one of us. I hope I answered your question with all of these fun disconnection and everything. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. And it's, it's always, it's always curious with um, when there's interruptions like that. I, I, always look at things as having being perfect in their perfection from the interruptions to whatever and keeping our keeping our wits about it. Um, with I'm sure that I'm sure that the work you're doing now because I, I noticed that one of the areas that you're trained in um, is hypnotherapy and also NLP um, energy healing and more and I know that being an NLP practitioner myself, it's been really quite phenomenal to to tap into the underbelly, to tap into the unconscious parts of oneself that may be aroused, especially the post-trauma or after the event, the traumatic event has happened and the trauma is still living alive and in the cells, how did you, how were you able to move through the horrific trauma that you experienced from your past, or is it something that's an ongoing process? Um, it is always somewhere there, um, I believe. Uh, I had uh, the reason I became, uh, I went back to school to learn about hypnotherapy and NLP. And the reason I learned about the energy healing and everything, it all began because I was so uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was really literally uh, physically and emotionally um, sick. There was no doctors. They didn't know how to help me. It was so much of trauma and challenge that I didn't know as a nurse that that had um, contributed to my illness and my doctors I mean this is something unfortunately we don't teach nurses we don't teach doctors or any medical professional you know just go and uh, talk about those underlying issues that make someone either physically or emotionally psychologically sick and for mm-hmm. me learning about to getting rid of because I literally had um, nightmare for over like 10, 15 years. Um, I, and my nightmare was one of the main one was I, uh, because I was in Iran for three years, I didn't know when and how 
I would get out of it after my husband left. So I was stuck mm-hmm. there with two children, and I was uh, none of my family, except my immediate family, none of my family members, all my friends, all my coworkers knew that my husband is not with me for the three years that I lived alone um, in Iran. I was living with my mom for a while. I was living for, with my mother-in-law for a while. I lived with my sister-in-law. I mean, I was just going around and around, and always my co-workers wanted to ask, like, well, how's your husband, or maybe we can get together. And for three years, I lived literally in fear. So when mm-hmm. I finally came to America, my nightmare for maybe 10 or 15 years after that, was, which uh, they slowly, with the therapy, with hypnosis, and with energy healing, and all of those things, they, you know, went away. But um, it happened that I would wake up in uh, nightmare and sweating and couldn't breathe. I thought that I was back in Iran and I couldn't get um, passport or visa to come to America. That was my nightmare. And for wow. some people may may think like, what? That's not a nightmare. But for me it was because of oh, yeah. the struggle and the challenges that I experienced for three years that I literally didn't know whether I am going to survive the next day, whether the government is going to come after me, all of those things. I had no idea what life would be, and I had no idea how I would get to America, whether I am ever going to, you know, join my you know, husband in America. And so in that process was my brother and the one that passed away two months before I uh, lived Iran, and he 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 said, well, you know what, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you to, because we didn't have American embassy in Iran, we had to go to Turkey. She, he said, well, I will help you. I take you and the kids uh, to Turkey. So we try to see, maybe uh, go to American embassy, and they have some kind of idea of how long you have to stay, because, you know, there was three years, and we were fearing my life and my kids and it was when he passed away and so um, wow. with that yeah it, it's the book is just filled with a lot of stories and I don't want to give up you know all this story away to for this interview no yeah but, uh, yeah but that was really challenging the challenges that everyday challenges that I experienced it became a really really horrific nightmare and that was one of the reasons I had to uh, go and seek help uh, the spirituality the um, connecting with angels the um, meditation the guided imagery the hypnosis all of those things literally helped me and when I got myself healthy I thought okay now I know now I know why I am here now I know um, why God saved my life or God gave me a many, many chances, not second, not third. I mean, I, we're, we're every day that we wake up, we are blessed with another chance to make a change in this world. Have you, and just one final question until I, I have some other questions I'd like to ask you in lieu of what, currently happening in the States with so much discord. Are you 
are you finding yourself being re-triggered or, or having any more um, sensations about being in fear, or do you feel like you've emptied out yourself enough to be able to to stand strong um, in in what's happening right now for um, the United States? If that was clear, uh, you I know, asked you. yes, of um, yes, of course. Uh, to be honest with you, I am not afraid. Um, maybe mm-hmm. subconsciously, that's why you know I had a couple of nights. Uh, when I was watching the actually the protests and everything happened um, on TV, and it was my mistake. I shouldn't have watched it because I don't watch news, and that's what I tell everybody. Right. If you want to take care of yourself, do not pay attention to news. And I watched news, right. and I I was uh, it it just triggered the memories of you know watching the protests and the, all of those things in Iran. But I am not as, I'm not afraid um, because I believe in. You know, 26 years I was in America and um, I was surrounded, whether at my job, whether with my family, friends, everybody, everyone um, has uh, affected me in a positive way. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't have any fears. Um, I check with myself when, you know, when you are on social media and I see lots of comments from either, you know, p- different people, different views. And I or the only wish that I have is just like, remember, the more we um, send and our thoughts, uh, we, you know, manifest in reality. So the more that we focus on the fear and what may or may not happen, it will happen. If we create our life, we create our experiences. So for me, I go with what I believe. I go with, uh, you know, praying, you know, God, praying to God, praying to uh, asking my angels, asking uh, um, Archangel Michael, who is the Archangel of Protection. I ask him every day, several times a day, before I wake up, before I go to bed. Um, I ask Archangel Michael to come and help me and, you know, protect my family. If something happened, the, you know, things happen. And my life is, you know, for all the challenges that I experience, and definitely life happens. And there is, I, I don't have any control over the things that may or may not happen, but I have control over thinking positive, uh, focusing on positive, and expecting more positive in my uh, life. Oh, thank you. Yeah, any more if one does, does watch the news, it's amazing how quickly things shift, and so rather than being reactive to be proactive, and saving that precious cortisol, that stress hormone for um, for using it if you need to run up a flight of stairs or whatever to hold on to right. it and really breathe in and be proactive. And you've talked a little bit about this, but wondered what you what inspired you to write your book. Um, and what inspired to write my book is just uh, my um, a passion to helping uh, people. Um, because uh, when I realize that what is my life purpose, which my life purpose is to help others and to empower others, to inspire others, 
So with everything that um, my life has been and everything that I went through, if I survived and I uh, went from a place like 26 years ago, I moved to America, actually November 10th, just last week, a couple of weeks ago, was my 26th anniversary. I came here and I couldn't speak English. Now I am talking with you on the radio. If we um, focus our attention on the positive and we just move one, one step, that's all we want. And that's my message. That's what inspired me to when people know and hear about my story, maybe, maybe one person, if it touches one person, then my, that's what I am about. I want to help and it's people. Also, I want to. And it, I'm sorry. It's also Go important. Ahead. I recognize the positive, thinking positive and having a positive outlook. And it's also important, isn't it, though, to, to really come to terms and to be very real about what one is feeling, be it worry, anxiety, frustration, anger, to be able to voice it, to be able to, to give it voice, and then from that moment to be able to move forward once it's been honored and witnessed. Is that how you're, you feel also? Absolutely, absolutely. It, as I, you know, said, it, it wasn't easy for me. You know, it took me a long time to finally figure out uh, what it is. And that's, that's my message. It's just focusing on something greater. I, we all experience. I mean, for people that live in America, um, you know, at least they can speak the language, right? So they are ahead of what, where I was. Uh, for uh, some people, um, you know, even for people that they are homeless, there are still help available. I am not saying, I am not putting them down. I'm not putting anybody down. But I honestly believe that there is help available. We need to just yeah. when ask for help, and when the help, the opportunity comes, we say yes, because if yeah. you can imagine at the time when I came here, I was in my 30s. I just uh, was 30 years old when 26 years ago when I came here. I'm 56 now. So when I moved here, I could have said it is difficult for me to go back to school. It's difficult for me to learn a new language, right? I could have said it is mm-hmm. difficult for me. I'm a nurse. I don't want to go back to school again. I uh, worked so hard, I learned English, and I uh, went to nursing school. I graduated from nursing school. I got my degree within the less than three years. I worked wow. really, really hard. I could have said mm-hmm. it is difficult. Was it difficult? Absolutely, it was. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that's what I. I don't want people to think that. Maybe I was genius. Maybe I'm superhero. I am none of that. I am okay. exactly like everybody else. I just had a passion. I lo- I had lost everything at that time. I didn't have anything. So for me, no challenge was difficult enough than the place that I was already. I had mm. lost everything. So it, it just... Living was difficult for me. 
So it's so the would, challenge of So that would bring up the the question, did you and you talked a little bit about it early on in our um the beginning of the interview, did you ever consider giving up? Yes, I did. Yes, I yeah. became suicidal. And uh, I was, um, the time that I had everything, I was suicidal. I'm like, there is no way I can I can move. There is no way I can live like this. And the only thing that prevented me from um, doing it was uh, I thought about my kids that they have no one. So mm. they were, they are the reason that I decided I, it is in my book. I went to my doctor. I said, I think I am ready um, to kill myself. And my doctor was um, wanted to um, admit me to a psychiatric unit. I said, don't do that because I have two kids. And if um, I, wa- I wanted to do that, I wouldn't have come to you. I am here because I literally need help. And that's why I want to talk to people that there is a time that it, you come so close but there are help available. Just reach out. Don't do anything unless that you talk to someone, whether it's your mm-hmm. medical professional, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your friend. It, it just take a moment. For me, it was my kids. My kids are the reason mm-hmm. I, I am breathing today right now. Wow, and it's so interesting, isn't it, that you you actually reached out knowing what you knew and being in the medical field, reaching out and saying you needed help, and then having the person who you saw say, "I want to, I want to put you in some place where you're going to be safe." Yet you openly said, "If I was going to do something, I wouldn't have come here." So, th- thank you for for having the courage to to speak with her because I know I do suicide prevention here on island at the University of Washington and what I know to be true is suicide and how people are feeling is is something that is preventable and having folks who can listen deeply to to the words of someone who is contemplating it to know that oftentimes they're reaching out for help and not not to be hospitalized necessarily but instead to have to have another alternative um, route for that. So kudos for you for your for your courage for doing that. Of course, and that's one of my passion. I I want to help people. I mean, I cannot. I can just say, well, everything is really good, and um, just hide that part of my life because you know who wants to tell everybody else that hey I have depression um I am a, I am a, you know I have been a nurse for 35 years I'm still doing my nursing and when my if a patient I see there is a stigma to um having depression and mental illness and I um talk to them frankly I said what do you think about me um I, I and I share my story and it, I am able to help people whether they are my patient in my nursing job or um, from you know through my book or any other way um, I am always able that's my passion to help people mm-hmm. and to be authentic with our own message to to let others know as you're saying I'm not the superhero or the superwoman that you think you see. 
you know, every day at times can it can be difficult to get out of bed. And how do we pick ourselves up? And my belief is that if, if we're of service and we step outside ourselves and be of service to others, that's often where the, where the healing comes. And, again, not being in denial, but instead moving up and out of ourselves to have a shift in perception and perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree. It's just reach out for help. There are many, many, mm-hmm. many places that there are help available. It, it may be, as I said, it may be a stranger. Yeah, I used to have um, a lot of workshops about healing, and I remember in one of those workshops, a lady came to me, very sweet lady, and she said, um, you know what, you're lucky. You, you can be, you know, healer because you are a nurse. I said, no, everybody's a healer. Just imagine if you are having a a tough day, and you go to a grocery store, and the cashier, you know, just looked at you and say, hi, how are you doing, and give you a smile. Sometimes that's all we need. We need just one smile mm-hmm. from a stranger that doesn't know us, and that may change our mm-hmm. life. So we all, all, every one of us, all of us, we can make a change. We can make a difference in this world, whether by our words, whether by our body language, whether what, however it is. It doesn't matter what we do. It's it. Me, however that we can affect other people, and in a positive way, it creates that positive effect into the world. That's all we need to do. You know, the time right now, every is. Country, the whole country is divided. I, I have no control over that, but I have control over what I can do when I talk to somebody else and how positive I am. Uh, and, I, and I really sense that it's authentic because obviously you're walking your talk with everything that you've been through. It's always been amazing, the resiliency of the human spirit. And I've mentioned this in other shows, how it is that, some people can be through, go through such a horrific experience and someone else can go through a similar experience and how diverse the outcome is. One could either be embittered and the other one has the opportunity to soar like the phoenix. So the, the resiliency of spirit and the resiliency of, of the, the want and the the desire to thrive and move through and ascend to a higher level of understanding is truly an interesting phenomena to watch. Yes, thank you. Yes, definitely. I'm wondering, how do you incorporate spirituality into the medical setting? Yes, that's a great question. I... um, incorporate by taking care of myself. I uh, incorporate the spirituality by knowing that there is a higher power out there. So when I connect with the source, that it, it doesn't matter what we call the divine source, the universe, God, angels, whatever that you, it is that we believe in, I connect that. I connect myself through the power that I believe in. And I go with that energy. I remember many years ago, um, you know, sometimes when you wake up and something goes wrong and then the next thing and the next thing is just you feel like, what is going on? Everything goes wrong in my day, right? 
And I realized that when I wake up and just a few minutes, only a few minutes, it doesn't take like 20 minutes of meditation or quiet time. It just a few minutes and just, you know, pray. Thank you, God, for mm-hmm. taking care of me. And thank you for sending me uh, to places, to people that really need my help. It doesn't matter what it is. And when I go to somebody's, you know, with my patients, with my clients, with my coworkers, I go from knowing that I'm connected to that bigger source, that bigger um, power, and I take that energy with me. I have gone to, you know, patients, people, when I, when I am sick, I'm not in a good mood, right? <laughs> we all get, you know, when I'm sick, when I'm in pain, and that's my job is, you know, uh, working with people that they are sick, they are uh, in pain emotionally, physically. So if I am not connected, if I focus and act and react from a place of, you know, physical body and my mind and my ego, I create to that negative effect. I I get kind of uh, impulsive maybe. I may, you know, just react and say something, become angry of somebody says something. But when I connect with that power and I ask and I constantly allow that power to run through me, then I have noticed that many, many, many times when I go to a patient and I'm talking to, to them and they're frustrated from everything that is not working in their life, all they needed to, to do, all I needed to do is just literally sit there, eye contact, and tell them, I know I'm here, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I would say authentically. I hear you. What can I do to make it better? And the whole, I mean, I wish that it, there was a way that I could have the capture that in a camera or something, that's how people change. You know, that, um, you know, being aggressive or upset, the whole, everything just changes. When they hear, I'm here, I hear you. So that's how mm-hmm. the bringing in spirituality is by taking care of myself and go out and take care of uh, my patients and my clients with that energy that I am here, I have a focus, I have a passion, I have a mission, and I'm going to help someone. And that's what means with spirituality. Oh, that's beautiful. But wherever it is you work, they're very lucky to have you there with your awareness and and sensitivity. Um, so thank you for doing the work you do. As we begin to wrap up today, wondered if there's you've given so many wonderful tips and suggestions. Wondered, you know, for the next five minutes or so, with talking about what it is that that you would like to offer the listeners who may be struggling, who may have lost hope, um, who may feel demoralized. If you have any suggestions or tips for them. Yes, of course. Is uh, my the only suggestion that I have that is never give up, never ever ever mm-hmm. give up. Reach out and uh, reach out to someone that you know, someone that is not going to be um, criticizing you, someone that is mm-hmm. not going to be 
and just overlooking at what you're saying. Um, I remember I had, I had to fire a doctor because I was uh, suffering from a pain. And my doctor said, I think it's your stress and it is in your mind. And that was it. I said, no, you're not listening. You're not paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. So if you are with a doctor or uh, um, any kind of medical professional or a friend or family or somebody that is not paying attention to you, don't give up. Just go to somebody else. Find, find mm-hmm. something. There's always something, someone to help. Uh, That's beautiful. And uh, yeah. And another question in regards to the angels that you have talked about earlier. Sometimes in times of stress or in the times of darkness, when people, even though they may be surrounded by friends and family, can feel very alone and very scared. Because what I've noticed with what's happening right now is so much is happening that as said earlier, it's bringing forward the unresolved trauma that our country has experienced and has suffered. But even more, it's, it's often the unresolved trauma that individuals are experiencing from a woman who is not validated after she was violated or people who were bullied because of the color of their skin. With that, how, how do you suggest um, people know that there's something so much more to tap into their angels or to tap into the realm of the divine or spirit. I wondered if you could touch on that a little bit. Uh, for me, what has helped me is just prayers. Um, I connect with mm-hmm. that uh, with that energy, and then you know, quiet my my mind and try to quiet my mind and just listen. Uh, sometimes it could be uh, thinking about a, a great, um, you know, place that I was, maybe a birth of a child, maybe a wedding, maybe a birthday, maybe a, a great moment in life. Focus on that positive and slowly it brings back you know, positive sensation to us. For me, I have grandchildren. I have two granddaughters. And when I get really, really stuck and I don't know which direction to go, I focus on them. I remember a time that maybe they said something really funny or goofy. So connect with something that makes sense to you. And uh, whether it's watching a, you know, nice uh, TV show, you know, right now it's uh, close to holidays and we have a lot of great, you know, TV show, Christmas time and everything. Something, reach out. If there is a family member that they are not appreciating you or, you know, validating what your feelings and your thoughts are, all you need to do is just walk away. We need to walk Mm -hmm. away from the negativity and not watching TV with all the the drama, the social media, and focusing on something positive. That's all we can do. Focus on something Mm -hmm. positive. Go to, um, you know, like, you know, interaction or listening to the radio shows, to uh, some kind of anything, like a reading book and something that gets you more, empowers you rather than, a place that fears within you. I hope I answered your question. Oh, that's beautiful, yes. And would also like to add, do you have any websites you would like to promote? 
Yes, actually, I have two websites and I have a blog uh, post website. My blog post is just like the book, angelnightingale.com. Um, my uh, uh, website, that which is about my book, is uh, my name, sudubeymokri.com. And the sudube, you know, some people uh, make a mistake. They think because it's S-U-E, is S-O-O, S-O-O-D-A-B-E-H-M-O-K-R-Y, sudubeymokri.com is about my book and also my website for my um, private practice is emergehypnosis.net. Um, also, I wanted to let you know that my book, Angel Nightingale, is available um, at Amazon.com, Barnes and & Nobles, and uh, Balboa Press. So there are several places that they can um, get the book. Thank you. And this is such an important time for for those who are listening, and I've certainly got the message from you, Sudabe, that this is such a time to stand up and move beyond our own fears, our own anxieties of perhaps not being good enough, not knowing enough, whatever the different reasons are that we may not be showing up in the world, trusting and knowing that there is someone out there who could use your support, who could use your guidance. And as you said earlier, we never know what a smile, what a kind word, what a silent prayer may do to each and every person that we come upon upon the street. And I also invite people to have dialogue with folks who you may not have the same opinions or beliefs or attitudes about and to learn to listen deeply to each and every person. We have two ears and one mouth, and sometimes we forget to use it accordingly. So thank you so much, um, Sudabe, for taking the time to be with us today. I, I really appreciate your your wisdom and your courage and um, your ability to keep moving forward. We're very blessed to have you in this world. Uh, thank you so much, Catherine, and thank you for everything that you are doing and uh, to providing a peaceful uh, sanctuary for people that come and listen and be empowered and inspired by, um, by everything that you are doing and creating a positive place in this world. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so, dear listeners, Again, if you didn't get an opportunity to hear this or other shows that have happened on every Tuesday for, I think this is my 25th show, with Authentic Messengers, you can go to www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. And the great mystery is, I don't know who my guest is next week. So please stay tuned on Authentic Messengers. We'll be having that information up probably in the next day or so. And so I would love to leave you with these thoughts. To ask yourself, who am I? What am I grateful for? What do I want? And how can I serve? You can feel happy when you help other people. So be kind to each other, love each other, and during the time of the holidays to listen more instead of having opinions. And for many that are going home to families who may have differences in opinion, to hold each other in the love and light and as we talked about, 
during this interview to be grateful and to remember that there is love here, otherwise you wouldn't be here. So thank you, Sudabe. I wish you well in all that you do and hope that sometime in the future we can actually meet in person. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, and Happy Thanksgiving to you, and Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Take care, everyone. Blessings. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.